0: Hey, this is another episode of the Brighter Web Podcast: insights on growing a small business using the latest technology and marketing best practices. As always, I am Robert Carnes, and this guy is Mickey Mellon. Hey, good to be here, Robert. Yeah, thanks so much for
1: joining me for another episode of the podcast. And what are we talking about today? We're talking about staying on top of digital marketing news and trends, and how to how to best stay on top of things because it changes so quickly. There just never stops being more news and trends, does there? <laughs> always and. And I think that's an interesting place to start too, is figure out what is interesting news and actual useful information. There's a place for both. So for example, I enjoy interesting news. The new Android 13 beta is out, which is pretty cool. Has nothing to do with marketing really, and some privacy things, but not really. Or Elon Musk is talking more about going to Mars in the next decade. Really cool, but not all that helpful. More useful, at least for our role, are things like Google algorithm changes, or Any algorithm changes, Facebook, whoever, security concerns, that sort of thing. Things that
0: you can actually put into use and need to take action on. Exactly. Is Is that the filter you use to actually discern between those two things?
1: To a large degree, yeah. It's hard. So many sources blend them. They're going to talk about the Google algorithm update, which is important, and also Elon Musk going to Mars in the next article. So it's, yeah. It's more of how you interpret them and then what you do with them.
0: Yeah. The the larger thing that we probably aren't able to get into on this podcast is the things that are neither interesting nor <laughs> right. useful, which is probably the majority of news out there. But that's a whole nother thing.
1: Yes, for sure. And it depends where you get your news. Like, I don't watch TV news much at all. I mean, I really don't watch TV other than sports and the office is basically it. So there's really four good places I like to get news from. First one would be social media. I think that's a a popular place for it. But I treat it mostly as entertainment, which is fine. Certainly there's a business case for, depending on your business, to be there and be be seen. But for getting news and trends, it's not great for that. And I think that is uh, certainly a good place to start,
0: and probably where more people than is healthy get their news and information. (laughs) But the good and bad thing about social media is you can filter in and out. You can actively turn on or off certain sources of news and information. You can follow this news source or follow that person, of get information and, and learn about trends that way.
1: It, it can be, but the problem is you're also seeing what the social network wants you to see. Correct. And I can choose all the stuff I want to follow. But they're going to show me the stuff they want me to see, which will get me more engaged, which isn't necessarily helpful information. So I, I really don't like platforms that force a filter bubble around you to let them choose. I, I like platforms where I can choose what I'm reading, but then you can create your own filter bubble instead and not be diverse enough in your sources. So there's it's double-edged. Yeah. So do
0: you have any thoughts on which platforms you actually use on, regarding social
1: media? I think mean, social media, LinkedIn is where I'm finding the most value. It seems to have the least amount of politics. And it is funny, every now and then someone will bring politics into a discussion and just get killed like it's in a good way just to keep it about business about conversations but again i'm still on facebook and stuff a good bit because i do want to see what my kids are up to and my parents and that kind of stuff and that's the place for that
0: right yeah linkedin is obviously great for more professional news the the more specifically digital marketing stuff and facebook and some of the others are better for kind of the more personal and global news pieces yeah uh one last question for you on regarding social media do you have a certain kind of tactic that you take to find those news and trends other than just ever scrolling down the content rabbit hole?
1: On LinkedIn a little bit where I'm trying to be very careful these days on who to unfollow and who to follow. So, there's a lot of thought leaders I follow on LinkedIn. So, I go and see what they're doing. What comments are they leaving posts on and or posts are they leaving comments on and then I'll go follow that person as well. I've done until the last couple months, pretty much all i did on LinkedIn was connect with people. Someone I knew, which is fantastic. It's great for that. But lately, I've been doing more following where I say, hey, this is a, a bigger name. I don't want to bug them by trying to connect, but I want to follow and see what they write and curate my feed a little bit that way. But it's still up to LinkedIn to decide what they want to show me. So. Yes,
0: we are very much at the mercy of the algorithms.
1: Yeah, so that's a great
0: uh, place to start, social media. The next source that you like to get news and trends from is probably one of my favorite.
1: <laughs> yeah, is books. Yes. Exactly. So... Yeah, really for most marketers, a tighter grasp on overall best practices is more valuable than trying to learn about the latest little tweak that Google made. Google makes hundreds of tweaks to their algorithm every month and really every few years do they make something that matters. So just understanding overall best practices is a great, way to, a great thing to learn and books are a great way to do that. I have two main ways I consume books. One is via Kindle, you know, generally, or, or a full book and I'll read as many full books as I can but as of late, when time gets a little tighter, I'm using Blinkist and tools like that a lot more to give summaries of books. Blinkist gives you a full book in 20 minutes, which certainly is not as valuable as reading the whole thing, but if you can do the Pareto Principle and get most of the value in a fraction of the time, yeah, there's some value there.
0: Absolutely, yeah, it's almost, it almost shrinks a book down to almost more if you just a long form blog post. Exactly,
1: kind of get the best, yeah. Typically what I do is I'll, I'll do the Blinkist, the eight Blinks I have the book, and then I'll go to Goodreads or somewhere like that and see what people have highlighted from the book and make sure I'm not missing any major quotes from it. And then between that and put them all in my notes, I spend an hour or so really consuming a book that way, which again, not as good as spending five or eight hours reading a whole book, but I can get through five or eight books in the same time. So yeah, I'm a little more selective on which books I really want to commit to the whole thing versus just trying to extract what value I can.
0: Yeah, and I'm a little bit different from you in that I tend to read kind of the full book Mm -hmm. and I try to make sure that I'm being discerning with which books that I'm selecting. And there's a mix of kind of the things that I'm personally interested in and the things that I'm pursuing kind of professionally that are marketing and and leadership. I, I think this is also interesting because to your point, books are a lot more macro, they're going to be a lot more kind of high level, long term versus social media, which is a lot more short term and a lot more micro focused. So how do you find books that are still relevant? Because obviously, digital marketing is constantly changing. Like you said, Google is putting out a lot of different changes to their algorithm specifically on a regular basis. So how do you find those books? And how do you consume them in a way that is going
1: to kind of still keep you up to date on all the latest trends? Gotcha. Well, again, I think you said two different things. because The books I like like that do not keep me up to date on the latest trends, sure. so they kind of fill in just the overall knowledge. I love books like um, David Allen's book, Getting Things Done, which came out, what, 20 years ago? But he was very careful in how he wrote it. He didn't say, use this system or use this tool or use this platform. He said, just here's how it should be handled. Here's how to organize your life and you pick the tools that make it work. So that way, because if you had said tools. They're all gone. Like so the tools from 20 years ago don't exist anymore, but the book is still perfect. I could read it and say, "Oh, I could use Google Keep for that tool," or I can choose a tool of today to use it. And other ones like you know Gary Vaynerchuk and others tend to stay fairly high level with just how to connect with people and how to interact with the world and stuff, and not as much about go on TikTok and do this thing and post three times on Twitter. It's, the higher level books tend to be more timeless.
0: Yes, I agree. And you mentioned Gary V, and that was kind of the book that I had in mind, his Jab, 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 Right Hook, which yep. is all about social media. And he does a good job of balancing between those high level principles that are always relevant, but he has very specific things on some of the platforms themselves like Facebook and LinkedIn. And it's crazy that almost a decade later, that book is still one of the most relevant on social <laughs> media that there
1: is. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing how some of those can hold up.
0: So if you're not interested in spending hours reading an entire book, there is a kind of shorter form version of that, which is reading blog posts, which is the next source that you have to, to learn about news and trends.
1: Yeah, and I'm still a big believer of blogs and feed readers because there's no algorithm involved. It's shorter than a book, but you're not at the approval of whatever Facebook or whoever wants you to see. If you have a, a normal blog reader, like I use one called Feedly, but there's mm-hmm. plenty of them out there, I subscribe to... These, this set of blogs, I have 50 blogs I subscribe to, and I get every post they write. There's mm-hmm. not a filter deciding what I should see or what I shouldn't see. And it's also great because if I want to follow someone that doesn't blog frequently, I don't have to go check their site all the time to see if there's something new. It'll come to me if they post something. If they don't, it doesn't. It doesn't waste my time. So it's fantastic. The one catch that I kind of alluded to earlier is that I'm choosing all the sources for it, so I can very easily create my own filter bubble and only see the kind of news I want to see. Or, so I try to be very careful to make sure I get news and ideas from different sides, and even from those I disagree with. Yeah, I, I like to look at Christian sources or some things, but I follow atheist sources. I'm an Android guy, but I follow Apple News. I want to see both sides of any argument, and with blogs, I'll see that. Facebook may say, no, no, you're an Android guy, so I'm not going to show you the Apple stuff, but I want to see that, and the blogs and a feed reader will let me see all of it.
0: So the biggest, I guess, issue or the thing that the listener may be thinking right now as you say all that is, that's great, and it's awesome to have a kind of full and all-encompassing view of multiple different blogs and to receive every blog post that those people are writing. But that seems pretty overwhelming. Like, how do you filter out if you're following that many blogs and seeing that many articles? Like, are you reading them all? What tactic do you take to take in all of that information all at once.
1: Yep, so part of it is I don't follow super active blogs. Like I used to follow TechCrunch and Lifehacker and some of those, and they have fantastic content, but they have like 30 posts a day, it's just ridiculous. Yes. So I generally follow more agencies and thought leaders and people that post a couple times a week, even once a day or something but yeah, I've taken out the big ones just because it was getting overwhelming. And then in terms of reading, I kind of skim pretty quickly. There's keyboard shortcuts, just saying so you hit J, just to go to the next article, and I'll skim for a second and move on, and if something's real appealing, I'll just star it to read in full later, and then usually in my Friday previews when I work on my, my calendar for the next week, I'll see what I've starred, I'll read through some of them, maybe make some notes and kind of process them a bit there.
0: So you have almost two different phases where you'll skim and filter through at a high level and then pull out the things that really stand out to you so that you can kind of go back and go a little bit deeper and consume yep, them later.
1: Exactly, that's a good way to put it. Because I'm also not always on the same device. Yeah, I do a lot of it on the computer, but it syncs to the phone, and I don't want to read these articles on the phone, so it's nice just to just skim through, see what's there, star things I want, and come back to them later. Yes,
0: yeah, and I'm, I'm someone who also uses uh, Feedly as an RSS reader. I don't think many people still use RSS quite <laughs> as much anymore because much. blogs aren't as popular. Yep. But and the approach that I usually take is, I will go through phases of being more active as a reader, and then I'll kind of take a month off and not read as much. <laughs> yeah. And I'll usually have several thousand, <laughs> uh, you know, backlog of articles, and I'll usually just kind of go through and clear it out and re- refresh. Right. And then you know, start again, start from the beginning to read. But yeah, it's it is a great tool for being able to filter through a lot of different blog sources all at once. For sure. The next source that is pretty closely related and is kind of making a comeback in popularity are email newsletters.
1: In the last few years, that's been really interesting to see him explode with all these new new newsletters, and so it's again, it's fantastic because if you find a newsletter you like, and you subscribe to it, it comes to your inbox. Like there's, again, there's not Facebook or filter getting in the way, seeing what you should see or not. You have a little bit of that, I guess, if you use Gmail with all the tabs and it puts it in promotions or whatever, but it's still coming to you every time, and you can read it and. Yeah, there's some fantastic newsletters out there that I don't know how they produce such great content every day, but there's a lot of them for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's very similar to, again, there's a lot of writing involved and a lot of reading involved just like with a blog post, but it's usually a little bit shorter form. It's usually a couple of different topics and, you know, hitting on a couple of different things all at once in a newsletter. But like you said, it's being delivered directly to you. There's a filter with some gatekeeper who's trying to hold back. So what are some of those, I guess, newsletters that you're, you're interested in and that you're reading lately?
1: Yeah, Daily Carnage is one I think we all read. I'm trying to think of some others. I know you had a few on your list.
0: Yeah, the two that kind of stand out to me that I've I've started reading lately are The Stacked Marketer, which is a really well-written one. One of the challenges that I have with it is it's it's daily, mm-hmm. which can yep. be tough. <laughs> I usually prefer kind of either weekly or monthly. Newsletters, but they're delivering really good stuff every single day. It's just difficult to kind of keep up with that pace. And then Total Anarchy by one of my favorite authors, Anne Handley, who wrote Everybody Writes. She has a really good funny one. It's very kind of snarky and very her uh, unique tone of voice, and so I really like that one.
1: Gotcha. And there's also kind of a blur between newsletters and blogs, where a lot of blogs will publish their stuff via newsletters. Like Seth Godin's one I follow a lot. And actually get his in my inbox and in Feedly, just in case I miss one of them because I like to see his stuff. Probably shouldn't do that, but yeah. again, I can blow through it quick enough. So Very yeah, a lot of newsletters are that I follow are actually just blogs that are using email as a way to send it out, which is, yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah, and so your last kind of, I don't know if this is exactly a source for news and information, but it's almost more of a, a tactic or approach to applying what you're learning is, is not one maybe people would expect, but it's memorization.
1: Yeah, it's, it's memorization, recall, and just, yeah, using that information. It's something I struggled with for years where I would read a fantastic book and it'd be with me in my brain for a week or two, and then a month later, it'd kind of be gone. And there's, I've seen quotes that say, Ralph Waldo Emerson, I think he said, um, Books I've read have made me who I am just like the food I've ate. I can't remember every meal I've had, but it made me who I am. It's kind of like Hmm. books we read, which I agree with that. But at the same time, I'd like to be able to have tactical use out of the books I've (laughs) read. And so a few things I do is, one, I do blog very frequently to reference books I've read and pulling quotes and just kind of keep it fresh in my brain. And there's tools like Anki, A-N-K-I, that I use for, that's a flashcard app basically that I'll take quotes I like or try to remember authors versus titles just to kind of keep it a little fresher in my brain and not forget like, I think I read that book years ago, because I've had that a few times. I'll get a few chapters into a book and say, I read this already, but I had forgotten <laughs> it so much. So the, the better I can do at recalling and memorizing is a good thing. Uh,
0: my typical approach especially with books because that's those can be one of the most valuable sources of information but they're one of the more difficult to remember because they are so long form is taking notes actively like even physically not just jotting it down on my phone but mm-hmm. I have a notebook for book notes gotcha. that I will I will write down physical notes and quotes and you know ideas that I get from it and that really helps me one solidify the important things that I'm getting from the book in the moment. But then I do have a reference that I can go back to later if I need to. So that's, that's one of the approaches that I take to kind of actually applying the
1: information that I learned. Gotcha. And I do that a little bit different. I kind of like your idea of doing it while you, while you're reading, but if I'm on a Kindle, I use the highlight feature and then you of course can go to the Kindle website and to see all your highlights in one place. And if I'm reading a, a paperback book, I have the little sticky arrows that by the time I finish a book, I'll have 50 little arrows. Then I'll kind of open the book back up and start transcribing those arrows into my notes and figure out what blog posts they might be good for, what needs to go in Anki, and just kind of work through it that way. But I can see an advantage to taking notes as you go because you can maybe add your own thoughts in context versus me going back to what I read a few weeks ago with the sticky notes. Okay, why did I note that there? Yes, Usually it's pretty clear, but every now and then I'll think, I don't really know why I did that, so... Yeah, And the other kind of side effect of that is it
0: causes me to slow down. It causes mm-hmm. me to kind of pause in the moment and actually think about it a little bit. So yep. that's why it tends to work out pretty well. But I think it, you have to find your own approach and find what works for you. Yep. So to do a quick recap of the different areas and sources of information and news uh, that we like to get from is social media, books, blogs, newsletters, and then finally memorizing and kind of putting into practice all the information that we get from those sources.
1: Yeah, but we, we talked about a lot of different tools. So we'll have those linked in the show notes. So you, can, you can find some of those and check them out yourself.
0: Absolutely, awesome. Well, if you have been, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brighter Web Podcast. Brought to you by Green Melon, a digital marketing agency. To help your business keep up with the latest digital marketing trends, check us out at greenmelon.com. You can also find show notes and more episodes
1: at abrighterweb.com.